following is a presentation of the Michigan Sports Network. It's a Moneyline Monday on the huge show across Michigan, presented by the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Always use code HUGE when you sign up, and new customers who do that will get $200 in bonus bets instantly when you bet just 5 bucks on any NFL game. Always use code HUGE when you sign up after downloading the DraftKings Sportsbook app. It is a Moneyline Monday, presented by DraftKings on the Michigan Sports Network. Are you ready for huge opinions on the Lions, Tigers, Wings, Pistons, Michigan, MSU, and every sports team in the state of Michigan? It's time for the Huge Show. From the east side to the west side to the UP, the Huge Show is on air statewide on the Michigan Sports Network. Voice your huge opinions now at 1-866-838-HUGE. That's 1-866-838-4843. Now, the huge one, Bill Simonson. What's up, Michigan? It is time to get together for our number two on the only syndicated statewide afternoon sports radio show, 19 stations strong. For the one close to you, go to thehugeshow.net. You can also listen to the free stream there weekdays at 3. And on the iHeart app, search The Huge Show. And you can listen live anywhere in the world where you get mobile service and also hear all of our podcasts there, iHeart, Apple, Google, Spotify, Podbean, and more. Inside this hour, more conversation about the suspension of Mel Tucker. This in regards to an MSU Title IX investigation into allegations of sexual harassment. So the university announced that uh, yesterday, late yesterday uh, afternoon, our Budweiser Folds of Honor, huge question of the day. What do you think the future is for Mel in East Lansing? You can join us at 1-866-838-4843. That's 1-866-838-HUGE. That is on the Mercantile Bank listener line. Mercantile Bank with locations all across the state. Graham Couch, Couch in the Root Podcast, Opinion Maker, Lansing State Journal, the latest on the Tucker suspension from East Lansing here in a few minutes. Tim Stout, Stout on Sports in about 25 minutes. David Jesse for the Chronicle, former Detroit News educational writer. He's following this story. He'll join us. David Gregory, who's a lawyer and a sports agent for Bull Rush Sports in studio with us. And David, you mentioned something in regards to this hearing in October, and we're trying to put together the timeline on why maybe Alan Haller didn't suspend Mel Tucker when he got notice of the hearing in late July. He did know about the complaint last December. You told us in the audience that there is MSU policy where he could be or could have been suspended at any time. Uh, when a complaint is filed. Uh, But this hearing uh, in the first week of October, it's not like you're going to walk out of a courtroom, talk to everybody. It's private. And there's up to 60 days for a decision to be rendered. Am I correct on that? Yeah, the the deadline for a written decision out of the hearing is 60 days after the hearing. That would be as late as December 5th. And there's an appeal process too. There is an appeals process that could last about, uh, let me see here, 38 days. So it takes you into 2024. 
early January to mid-January of 24. And so when we had Jim Comperoni from SmartMeg.com on last hour, he talked about how quick it was just announced that Mark D'Antonio will be Harlan Barnett's associate head coach, be up in the box. I think sidelines would have been a little strange, and it makes me think, well, gosh, is D'Antonio the coach uh, next year? I don't know. Does he return uh, to MSU? I mean, he had a few situations. Like I said, Austin Robertson out of Fort Wayne, I never understood bringing a kid with juvenile sexual probation issues to East Lansing. But, uh, you know, and D'Antonio exited quickly uh, from Michigan State and quickly back in. So Alan Haller, uh, if he didn't know and just knew of a hearing, knew of a complaint, didn't know details, didn't want to move forward on suspending Tucker because what if he is innocent? Uh, You mentioned that there's uh, two variables on the hearing and why it is ordered, correct, and why it's under Title IX law. Yeah, the variables are if if the investigation determines that the subject matter is covered by Title IX or the credibility of the witnesses is at issue and material to the case, if it's a he said, she said type of situation, he says consensual, she says it was unwanted. Anyways, in one of those two circumstances, it has to automatically go to a hearing and the investigator does not make a determination of responsibility, they leave that for the hearing. And the hearing is private. It's not an open court. It's uh, not. It is very clearly stated that it's a non-public procedure. And I would think that the alleged victim here is the one who released everything the USA Today early Sunday morning controls whether or not she wants any more information out there. Am I correct on that? It's pretty clear in the, in the Title IX regulations that parties to these proceedings are don't lose their First Amendment rights. They're free to disclose or non-disclose if they so choose. And very clearly, she was the source for the story in the USA Today. Let's go talk to Graham Couch, opinion maker, Lansing State Journal, Couch in the Rube podcast. Search that, download it, wherever you download podcasts, he is standing by and uh, Graham, I can say with a straight face, nobody saw this weekend coming. Yeah, no, I mean, it. Uh, we had a little bit of a, a heads up that through, uh, you know, the USA Today Network that something was, was, was in the works, but I don't think we knew it was going to be this weekend, not like this and not to this extent, you know, so um, it certainly, uh, yeah, one of the, one of the bigger, crazier stories that I have, that I've covered in, in my time covering sports and, um, yeah, I did. Yeah, the Mel Tucker era, which not long ago looked like, you know, had some promise still. And uh, now you start over. Yeah, 2-0, $95 million deal being courted by LSU, who eventually turned to Brian Kelly when Ishbia, another big booster, stepped up and gave Mel $95 bucks, and then the struggles of last year. And then a lot of anticipation that a bounce-back year was needed. Uh, you wrote that column that even before the announcement – came from Alan Heller and the Michigan State leadership that you thought he had coached his last game uh, in East Lansing. I don't see how he ever could resume taking over that football program. And there's two sides here now, short-term, long-term. Uh, where does Michigan State football go from here? Yeah, well, in the, in the short term, obviously, it's Harlan Barnett. You know, they're bringing back D'Antonio as an advisor. But the staff will really be, you know, Harlan Barnett leading the same staff. And... Uh, it'll be, uh, I mean, this is a, a, a job, a, a dream that Barnett has always wanted to be the head coach. He didn't want it like this. But this is probably his best opportunity. And 
you know, he is somebody that I think if you go back to the late in the D'Antonio era when he left to go to Florida State, uh, when, when Barnett left to go to Florida State to be the defensive coordinator, I, I think the, the, the dream was that he would go down there, have a couple successful years, and when D'Antonio retired, he would be sort of a natural heir apparent at Michigan State. And obviously, it was a disaster at Florida State, and uh, that didn't happen. Um, but, uh, you know, this is his shot. It's, I still think it's much more likely that they go outside the program at the end of the year, but it's not one, two, or three games. He's got ten games to show that he can lead a team through difficult circumstances, and if they're able to keep players focused, keep them in the program, and win more than maybe expected, and, and, and it feels like things are trending up, like there's really good vibes at the end of the year, and people feel good about that staff and with him leading it, then he'll have a shot to, to keep the job. And so I think that's what, if you're him, that's what you're trying to do. Graham, let's go back to the timeline here with Michigan State. Mel Tucker, the complaint, December last year. I know in your story and Alan Howler at the press conference yesterday, short answers, but um, met the media. And July, they got word of the hearing. They also said they had not seen the findings in the report, which kind of changed the story uh, in a different direction. Uh, what are questions you still have that if you could get all the answers right now, Graham, for the ultimate column on the timeline of the end of the Mel Tucker era, what are loose ends, uh, open-ended questions, or just big question marks you have right now connected to everything you've heard since the story broke early Sunday morning? Well, it, it's, it's who knew what when and uh, to what degree. And, uh, that, that's the big one because and this is where MSU did not help themselves and they needed clarification from their PR people. And from what I understand is from, from other conversations today with some of our reporters and, uh, people in leadership over there, this has been a little more clarified, but the, um, the idea that just because they were aware of a, uh, aware of the, the, the complaint and, um, but does not mean they knew the details of it. And what they really needed to, to sell on that press conference, because they had a chance to really get people confident in how they were handling it, and, and, and I think they missed that opportunity, was that, you know, part of being a new MSU is, is um, Teresa Woodruff, the interim president, said, is to, to have this sort of proper Title IX um, investigation where there is separation in terms of who knows what and you're not supposed to the bosses of people aren't supposed to know and and that's just the way it works and it's uh the msu has struggled with title nine cases in the past there's a, a number of cases and that's why people don't trust them right now um but there is you know it, it's really who knew what when because you know if if you know that there is a complaint but you don't know that it's brenda tracy and you don't know that it's uh you know any of the details of it it's very hard to suspend a coach at that point, knowing it's a four or five month deal. You don't, it's not a criminal case. Um, you don't know any of the, the details of it. You're aware of it. And then uh, when the findings came back, I'm not sure why it took quite so long. There's supposed to be four or five months comps. Uh, but end of July, when they, when the report is submitted, um, I, you know, to what degree they knew then, which I still don't think a lot. Well, my understanding is they learned a lot from the USA Today story on that Sunday. And um, because my also understanding is that Brenda Tracy's original hope was that this would go all the way to the hearing before it became public. She did not want this to be, uh, you know, adjudicated out in the public and in that, but it became something where 
the story was going to break elsewhere and and she you know wanted didn't want a lot of different sources or miss you know so i think that, that because she'd been working with usa today and and so i i think there are a number of uh you know, the big thing for me is who knew what when and um and what else you know what 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 all do they know about tucker and should have this been taken care of before now Graham Couch, Couch in the Root Podcast, opinion maker, Lansing State Journal, joining us on the huge show across Michigan, talking about the suspension of Mel Tucker. Uh, so that hearing will be private. It's not going to be an open court or even comparable to Nasser. There is separation that I've mentioned on air uh, immediately that this story is not connected to Nasser. I know uh, the survivors, some of them, and groups connected to Nasser spoke out, including Rachel Denhollander. Uh, who just talks about a process and a system, which I guess we won't know till we know on who knew what, when. And it goes back to what you just said at the beginning, Graham, that is there a system right now at Michigan State that says, okay, you get an allegation or a complaint, Title IX, anything sexual. Uh, It's A, B, C, D, E. This is how it works for the janitor to the head coach, right? That's correct. Now, now, some things aren't always uh, identical. Like they went with an outside Title IX investigator here, and I think that may have been partly investigated, uh, you know, requested by Brenda Tracy, but also, um, I, you know, that it was some high-profile situations that sometimes happens. Um, but so, so not everything is identical, and because you know, Mel Tucker is not the janitor, right. um, you know. But it's, I mean, you, you think about this. Think about timing of things. So, say you. And this is this is not how it works. But say in, de- in December you find out there's a Title IX complaint against him, but you don't know any of the details. But you decide that's enough. We got to suspend him. But you don't know if you're eventually going to fire the guy or what's what's going to come out of that. You don't know what the complainant is or who the complainant is or, 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 or all that much information. You suspend him. It's going to take four or five months. You miss all of January recruiting. You miss all of spring football practice without your head coach. Like it doesn't. There's some, there's some realities. Now that said. Yeah, I also have an, an issue with a system that where, to be fair to two parties, to be fair to Brenda Tracy and Mel Tucker, which is great, and I agree with, you screw over 100 young athletes who are football players who didn't sign up for this. And now, I don't know that the timing could have been much better for them anyway, uh, because it was going to be disruptive however, whenever it happened. Um and, and I, in some ways, I think this sort of works in, in, in one way that, I mean, they're still going to be able to get in the transfer portal if they want and leave, but a lot of them are now going to have at least 10 games or once he's officially fired, whatever, how many games left. They sort of have a new data point about Michigan State. Do they want to be there? Do they want to transfer? Whereas a lot of times when something happens and a coach is fired, that's the last data point. It's, okay, do I want to play for this new guy? I don't know. Do I want to be here? I don't know. All I know is it's going to be different. And so now they're at least going to have a season together and with this coaching staff to sort of figure it out for themselves. Graham Couch, uh, well done, my friend. Appreciate your opinions, your work. Lansing State Journal, also Couch in the Rube podcast. We'll talk soon. Sounds great, Bill. Take care. All right, Graham Couch, yeah. And David Gregory, he's a lawyer. He's a sports agent, Bull Rush Sports, one of our legal insiders, and also in the sports agent world. Hey, her Graham, I, I get the same questions we all have. And here's, here's where the hindsight could create another uh, tsunami of bad PR. So if, when Mel Tucker is fired, if he is, or exonerated, 
after that hearing in October or the appeal process or the, uh, you know, the 60 days to render a decision that you brought up earlier, David, if it's really egregious what he did or it's validated, then everyone's going to scream, why didn't you do something earlier to Tucker? And you're in that, you're in that no-win situation based on what happened with Nasser, not connected to the story, but the processes. Yeah, they're, they're, I don't envy Alan Haller or, or anybody at MSU, but they do get paid significant money to make tough decisions. Yes. And there aren't any good choices. Uh, but given the history, uh, many would say they should have erred on the side of caution. Uh, and the real question is, in terms of Alan Haller, is what did he know in July? Uh, he said they didn't give him the report. Let's take him at face value. But he did take action at that time to do increased supervision of the program and a no-contact uh, order. Now, the media accounts didn't, didn't specify that was no contact with Brenda Tracy, but we can only assume that's what it meant. So he was told something, or was he merely just told there would be a hearing and who the complaining party was? Uh, it's very unclear. All he has said is, I didn't have the report. I learned new facts in the USA Today story. We took this action. And again, he has lawyers at Michigan State advising him and everybody who's speaking on this. Uh, Rachel Denhollander, I mentioned, uh, one of the first uh, survivors uh, to bring the Nasser story to light. She has, in the last 24 hours, put out some very straightforward tweets. Uh, 19 hours ago in December, MSU knew of the allegations and investigation, but did nothing. Uh, now, the question is, did they know? Is that on a sheet, not specifics, but the allegations are phone sex or whatever? Those are things that uh, I guess only being served the paperwork, uh, those people would know. Uh, by July the latest, Tucker admitted the conduct, which even by his own admission included power dynamics that would be in violation of any reasonable corporate ethics code. And they did nothing. Putting the survivor in a position, this is Rachel Denhollander on Twitter, one of the first survivors to confront Nasser publicly. Putting the survivor in a position where speaking publicly was the only option to stopping him. After she did, he gets suspended. Not because of the investigation, not because of the omission, because people found out. Explain to me exactly how this isn't the same MSU. This is Rachel Denhollander, you know, a Nasser survivor. Well, I think she has valid points. The only difference being there are specific Title IX regulations on point in this case. Which is different than the Nasser case. Which was criminal in nature, let's face it. Uh, but they both evolved uh, a form of sexual harassment, sexual assault at least allegations of, in the case of Mel Tucker. Um, what could MSU have done differently? They could have placed Mel Tucker on administrative leave immediately. earlier or immediately. They had the power to do that. I don't know whether they should have or shouldn't have, but they could have done that. And I think that's the crux of the issue. But did the decision makers who could order that up, <clears throat> were they shielded from knowledge by Title IX regulations of the content of the allegations. So the difference between a criminal case and investigation with Nasser compared to Title IX. And Rachel does come back, though, and says, uh, in, this is 20 hours ago on Twitter, re-engage the outside assessment with a firm. 
scope and deliverable that is properly set up, I'll still help. Take any of the options I laid out for transparency regarding the still hidden documents in the Nasser scandal. Choices to do it better can always be made. And she's talking about Michigan State on their process and what they do and how they do it. Exactly. I, I know one of the big complaints there was they had a team of doctors or they really didn't have an outside independent investigation, at least initially. Uh, and again, the major difference being that was a criminal matter. Um, number one. Number two, you, there there probably were Title IX implications, but that wasn't front and center or primarily a Title IX case. This is. Um, and I think the transparency that she's calling for does relate to the Nasser incident. Can that be reconciled with Title IX? I don't know the answer to that. Five hours ago, Rachel Den Hollander, one of the, or the first survivor of Nasser and his horrific actions, tweeted this out. MSU has a wildly unacceptable response to and process for handling the allegations against Tucker, and they do not even realize it because they have refused any and all outside expertise on ethical transformation and institutional compliance. This is Rachel Den Hollander saying that, you know, I, I get you have a Title IX office, so basically you as a, a lawyer, as a sports agent, there's a Title IX office at Michigan State, correct? Yes, there right. is. And I, I'm guessing with a bigger school, there's probably multiple people there, right, that handle yes. it? Yes. They're lawyers, Correct. Some of them are Some lawyers. The lawyers and office uh, support staff, yeah. right? So if you're if you're Michigan State after the Nasser debacle, don't you think you would create the most comprehensive Title IX uh, sexual assault survivors building that would have a, a program and a process where you invite Rachel Den Hollander and other survivors on what they what what women need. What, what, what a man who sexually assaulted needs, what anybody needs, and state would be, would be the model after what they went through with Nasser. That seems like common sense. What keeps happening, and you can hear the frustration of Rachel Den Hollander, maybe even with me yesterday on Twitter, that there are just some dumb decisions made by people in charge of Michigan State over the years. That's it. That's all I'll say. And nobody trusts them anymore. Especially when it comes to anything of a of a harassment, sexual violence nature, people just don't trust the university, rightly or wrongly, they don't, and it does seem like a lot of poor decisions have been made historically. I think the question is: Should they have a po- here's a question: Should they have a policy of as soon as there's any allegation of sexual harassment of a Title IX nature, that the subject of the allegation is immediately placed on administrative leave? Should unpaid, they, unpaid administrative. Un, well, paid or unpaid. Yeah, depending but, on. Well, again, they don't know the they don't know the allegations because Title IX is different than a criminal complaint uh, in East Lansing or Ingham County. Right, but but let's say it's Title IX. To to Rachel Den Hollander's point, I mean, th- there is the criminal cases and there is a purely Title IX case. What could they do different? They can't make anything public. Number one, but should they have a policy of automatically suspending any employee who's uh, the subject of a complaint uh, of sexual harassment under Title IX. That is an, an option, and it may be one of the few options they realistically have under Title IX. And the fact that it takes, uh, by the time this ends, it could be almost a calendar year, right? With the, the 60 days after the October uh, yeah. hearing, 
Uh, be, it'll be more than a calendar year, most more, likely. Uh, that's or why just w- about a calendar year or a slightly over. When, when we started the show today, I asked you about every allegation. Is there like open shut? Is it a year? Because otherwise, how do you run any department? Uh, I get the government doesn't move fast as we want to, and also the court system at times. Nothing against your profession. There is a lawyer and a sports agent. Uh, but just a, a little bit more movement, a quicker pace to Title IX complaints. So uh, people who are accused can either be exonerated or you move on. Well, I will say one thing to note in the USA Today article was that it took a while for Mel Tucker to agree to be interviewed uh, during the investigation process. The investigation started in January. Uh, his lawyer filed some claims of uh that there was no jurisdiction, this wasn't a Title IX case, that there was bias, all sorts of, you know, the normal things that lawyers do when their client's accused, but that it took a, the article suggested it took a little while for Mel Tucker to agree to be interviewed. Uh, investigation starts in January. He was was not interviewed till March 22nd. And the article also, I think, referenced the, in that time frame on waiting to be interviewed, there were attempts to possibly reach a settlement. I think from what I read. If I recall the article correctly. Yeah, so again, we can say if you're innocent, you go and talk immediately and let's get this behind us and move on. But also if you feel you're being railroaded, you may want to get it uh, thrown out and it's not under Title IX. So you got a lawyer and the lawyer's doing work for you. The timeline here is the interesting part, and I go back to what Graham Couch said, to Comperoni, to what we said at the opening huge opinion, who knew what and when. Uh, David Gregory is a lawyer. He's also a sports agent uh, based in West Michigan with Bull Rush Sports. We will talk about contracts that coaches and players have in terms of clauses and when it hits the fan about being suspended or being fired. Uh, We'll touch on that. Also, Tim Stout from Stout on Sports. From our affiliate, the game, 730 AM in Lansing, is also a TV guy. His huge opinion on the suspension of Tucker is next. From Grand Rapids to Detroit, this show is huge. He hasn't made a putt all day, but if he makes this one, we're all cracking a Labatt. Hold it, did you say if your buddy makes this putt, we're all cracking a Labatt? How about a Labatt blue light? Uh, yeah. Hey, buddy, you can do it! It's a left-to-right break, just outside the cup, a touchdown hill. Appreciate the support. You guys mind if I put now? Oh, yeah, sure, sure, sure. Best putt ever. Because making the big shot is better with a big crowd. Labatt takes everything to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer 2023 Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. All rights reserved. Labatt Regulations, U.S. trademark of Labatt Brewing Company Limited. Hey, buddy! Where's my Labatt blue light? He made the putt for crying out loud. I want my Labatt blue light. Huge here for the Michigan High School Athletic Association. You can stay up to date on the latest from Lansing 24-7 at MHSAA.com. At MHSAA on Twitter and MHSAA on Facebook. The latest news 
press releases and stories connected to every high school in the state of Michigan available for you 24-7 from the Michigan High School Athletic Association. Log on to MHSAA.com at MHSAA on Twitter and MHSAA on Facebook. And if you're looking for archive boys and girls, High School Sports, MHSAA.TV. That's MHSAA.TV. 24-7, everything you need to know about high school sports in Michigan. Log on to MHSAA.com. Fuel up for less with M-Perks. Earn points on your purchases when you shop at Meyer in-store and online. Then use your points to claim a fuel reward and save at the pump. Your dollar goes further at the pump with M-Perks. Plus, earn points for all qualifying purchases in the Meyer Express station. And keep a lookout for exclusive Meyer Express offers. Enter your M-Perks ID at checkout to earn. Exclusions apply. Not valid in Wisconsin. Max 30 gallons. Download the Meyer app to sign up or see Meyer.com to learn more. Hey, sports fans, here's a hanging curveball that you can knock out of the ballpark. This is Matt Shepard, the voice of Detroit baseball, inviting you to step up to the plate at Eagle Casino and Sports, the mobile sports book where you can bet on all your favorites all year round, including, of course, our national pastime. So download the app and start winning today. The Eagle Casino and Sports. Made in Michigan, made for Michigan. Must be 21 years or older and in Michigan to play. To the huge show on the Michigan Sports Network. The Huge Show is back live across Michigan on a Moneyline Monday, presented by the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Always use code HUGE when you sign up to get the hookups. And if you're a new customer and you sign up using code HUGE, you can bet $5 on any NFL game and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. So get in on the action tonight with Monday Night Football with Aaron Rodgers. That's code HUGE when you sign up after downloading the DraftKings Sportsbook app. A lot of conversation today in regards to suspension of Mel Tucker, Tim Stout, Stout on Sports, weekday mornings on our affiliate, The Game, 7.30 a.m. in Lansing. You can hear the HUGE show weeknights, tape delayed 6 p.m. until 9 p.m. in Lansing. Stout is standing by. How you doing, my friend? Well, I'm going over, Bill, which came in five minutes ago, a two-page statement from Mel Tucker, which he has released. His version, uh, as it says here, Mel Tucker's response to Brenda Tracy's false allegations as of 9-11-23. I just got this five minutes ago. It's uh, two pages of him, you know, uh, paring this down. Yeah, but then his first line is, Brenda Tracy's allegations of harassment are completely false. Uh, And then he goes and explains how they met each other and so on and so forth. He said they shared a deeply personal and private information with each other, but it has nothing to do, he says, it was outside the scope of Title IX or any university policy. Now, look, I'm boiling all this down. He's telling, he, he writes here all the different things that she sent him on and on and on it goes. He says here near the end, Mrs. Tracy's attorney told us from the very beginning that I should not lose my job over her allegations, but that it would take a lot of money to make it go away. Her twisting of our personal relationship months after it concluded is designed to revive career and destroy my life. 
precipitated by her greed. One of the most absurd allegations by Mrs. Tracy is that if our relationship and associated facts went public, only she would be harmed, not me. And as the world can see, quite the opposite is true. And then he has another comment that he ends with talking about how proud he is of his team and so on and so forth. Whether this uh, this is going to be a soap opera, Bill. I've been around this thing 54 years. This, this baby's going to be the soap opera of soap operas before this thing is all said and done. And if I had a nickel for everything I'd heard in the last four years, most of which is just hearsay but and cannot necessarily be proven, let alone repeated, then I wouldn't have to keep working the way we've been working on stuff like this. And how this play, he, uh, he says here as well, he says in the first paragraph, he says the proceedings initiated by Mrs. Tracy are devoid of any semblance of fairness for any matter of this importance. And the university's hearing scheduled for October 5 and 6 is so flawed that there is no other opportunity for the truth to come out. That is why I share some truth with you now. And then he goes into detail as to how they met and what she was doing at Michigan State and so on and so forth. So that's the latest statement from Mel Tucker, two-page statement. Personally, I would have, I would have stood in front of a camera or done a sit-down interview with somebody. So the visual is out there of his passion for saying he's innocent. And you know, now here's what's interesting in the soap opera part of this, uh, Timmy. They just mentioned if what he's saying is true, then you wonder does he get his job back? No, I don't see that in any way, shape, right. or form. I agree. I, I agree with that. that. It'll be a buyout, though, if 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 he is exonerated in this hearing. Uh, which oh, one second, David Gregory, attorney and uh, sports agent in studio, Tim told us something. You said uh, that the school gets the pick. Uh, how how does it work now in the hearing? Well, the Title IX office essentially picks the Michigan State Title IX the hearing office. officer, right? And it has to be a qualified person, but the the regulations don't go much further than that. But the university essentially does pick the hearing officer. So then that's where he's saying that it's flawed on him getting a fair hearing. I, I, we're reading into why we haven't seen the statement from Tucker, but Tim, I just, David Gregory, one of our legal insiders, sports agent, Bull Rush Sports, uh, saying that, that they got to pick who. So it is, it, it does seem weighted uh, towards Tracy of what Mel just alluded to. How about this sentence? He says, well, I am saddened by Mrs. Tra- Ms. Ms. Tracy's disclosure of the sensitive nature of this call. Let me be perfectly clear. It was an entirely mutual private event between two adults living at opposite ends of the country. She initiated the discussion that night, sent me a provocative picture of the two of us together, suggested what she may look like without clothes, and never once during the 36 minutes did she object in any manner, much less hang up the phone. Like I say, it'll be a soap opera before wow. this whole thing is all said and done. Yeah. Uh, my, I don't know where this came from. I mean, what the news uh, the news people just said, have you seen this, that it just came in, titled Mel Tucker's response to Brenda Tracy's false allegations as of 9-11-23. What I'm wondering, though, Bill, and, I, uh, and you hear more of this today, is, is anyone else going to come forward? Because in a lot of cases like this, when, when one person alleges or charges something against another person, Fair or unfair, accurate or inaccurately, that that tends to bring more people out of the woodwork. It could be in politics, it could be in, you know, movies, uh, celebrities, that type of thing. Let alone any other public figure. I don't know that that's going to happen, but I think there is a sense that that possibly could happen. And if it does, is there credibility to it or not credibility to it? But you know, in the court of public perception, 
as you know, I mean, his ship has sailed. Um, I, I just now where the university is going to come out this relative to $77 million left on his contract, obviously that's going to be a huge issue. I've read his contract carefully. And I mean, I think it makes it absolutely perfectly clear how the university can avoid paying him anything. And I think that's one reason he's been suspended without pay. I, I think they believe that they don't owe him anything from this point forth heading into this October 5th and 6th hearing. But but there, as you know, there's a lot of criticism amongst others in the athletic department and the university today, the way this whole thing has been handled and why it has gone now, as opposed to how it could have been dealt with far earlier than this. So what's your, you know, Tim, you're there in East Lansing, Tim Stout from Stout on Sports on the game, 730 a.m. Huge show, tape delayed weeknights at uh, 6 p.m. until 9 p.m. in Lansing. Well, what's your, uh, off of what you know is fact right now, What's your criticism of the way Michigan State has handled this Tucker situation, if there is any? Well, I think what where they're going to receive criticism. I mean, I can only go by what Alan Haller, the athletic director, said yesterday. He said he was aware of it in December, got a final report July 25th. So then, therefore, the question became, well, then why are you waiting until October 5th or 6th for the hearing? You know, why did it take so long when perhaps this could have been adjudicated much earlier? You know, the other thing you got to divide or have to, uh, you know, assess here, Bill, are all the side stories that people tell you about. Well, this guy doesn't get along with this one or these two were together or this happened here or this is what provoked this on and off. That's going to be an ongoing what I call soap opera, because I think you're going to have a number of charges moving forward that bye week. There will be more attention to Michigan State football October 5th and 6th in some ways than there would have been at the game because everybody's going to know what came out of his hearing, if indeed it's held on October 5th and 6th. That's a ways off yet. That's three more games that they have to play with an interim coach with him out of it. But as you know, these types of stories change constantly. And already today we've had several things. And now with, with, with Tucker's response here on a, of his own initiative, People will judge this one way or the other to decide whether he's on to something or not. But but clearly, his relationship adversity is completely fractured. He almost admits that because he says his is the reputation that's destroyed his career. Um, you know, he says, I've been ripped from the team that I love without any meaningful opportunity to tell my side of the story other than this press release. I am incredibly proud of the outstanding group of men on the team, and my heart aches to be sidelined. I ask everyone to consider carefully the undisputed facts outlined and reserve judgment until the full truth comes out. That's how he ends it. Um, he says, one of the most absurd allegations by Ms. Tracy is that if our relationship and associated facts went public, only she would be harm not me and as the world can see quite the opposite is true tim so. Stout, yeah well uh, buddy i gotta get to a network break is there any way you could email that if you have access to it to superfly hayes and uh, uh oh we got we we got it now yeah we found it it's out there okay good i assume it would be uh that statement two-page statement from mel tucker timmy uh we'll stay in touch uh the soap opera isn't going away anytime soon no, not at all. Thanks, Bill. Good to talk with you. All right, Tim Stout, Stout on Sports on the game, 7.30 a.m. Weekday mornings at 10 a.m. Just search uh, the game, 7.30 a.m. in Lansing. You get the latest on the Tucker Soap Opera. I agree with him. And the statement, I'll read that coming up after the top of the hour. David Gregory is a lawyer and sports agent with Bull Rush Sports. You know, 
you now get a statement on the other side, David, and I want you to think about this. Is he setting up possibly suing the school if they terminate the contract, right? If they can't reach a buyout? Is this is this positioning right now? Could be positioning for a few things. I mean, if they terminate his contract and, and invoke the morals clause, he certainly will sue. What does he have to lose at that point, number one? Number two, participation in the hearing process is voluntary. That's very clear. He is not, uh, Mel Tucker is not required to show up to the hearing. Uh, it, it's very You're talking clear. about that October, yes, uh, the very, first week of October hearing yes, with it's Tracy. Very, it's very clear in the regulations that it, the participation is voluntary. He does not have to show up. And is he setting up a possible no-show by claiming it's an unfair rigged process? Yeah, Tim hit it uh, right on the nose. Uh, welcome to the uh, Mel Tucker soap opera in Michigan State. Uh, these headlines aren't good for the school. They're not. No. I, After Nasser, again, this isn't connected to Nasser. This is sexual harassment. But I, I, if you had a process in place, it goes back to what I said to start this show, what I said when I first read the story, that a, a A, B, C, D, E, F, this is what we do in order process. I don't think you would be here. And I, what you said earlier, David, I agree. You may see Michigan State move to, if you, there's a Title IX complaint, you're suspended with pay. Well, again, that... But they didn't suspend him. They suspended him without pay. Without pay after details became public. So that is the question. More transparency, a better process. What might that entail? Well, that's just one idea out there. If they clearly have the power to do it. It's in their policy already. Should they err on the side of caution and just suspend people automatically whenever there's a complaint? I'm not saying they should, but they also have some. Lim- there's some limits to what they can and can't do legally, right? When yes. you get the contracts and school policy and Title IX, David Gregory, lawyer, sports agent with Bull Rush Sports, are based in West Michigan. Uh, he has partnerships and also uh, connections to coaches and players all across the state. One of our legal insiders. Perfect day uh, to have him in studio. He'll be with with us the final hour. Also, we have David Jesse, who's an educational reporter, who has followed all of the drama connected to Michigan, Michigan State, now Mel Tucker in East Lansing. He'll join us coming up within 15 minutes. Everything huge, 24-7 at thehugeshow.net. No one cares what you've been through. No one cares about your hopes, your dreams, your desire to make a difference in this world. Guess what? That isn't true. Law enforcement cares. That's why people join the force. Maybe they came from a world where those things are true. Maybe they didn't. But here's something they have in common. They do care. Maybe you should consider being around people who truly care about you. Visit michiganpolicechiefs.org and start the conversation. Make sure you listen weekly to our Moving Ferris Forward interviews with Ferris President Bill Pink and other leaders who are moving Ferris forward. Find out more about Big Rapids and Ferris and what they have to offer at ferris.edu. Merck Perks from Mercantile Bank is here. Merck Perks Checking has all you need to plan your busy lifestyle. Travel services for hotels, airfare and cruises, cash back rewards, and even savings on prescriptions, eyewear, and dental work. Merck Perks also includes all the traditional benefits you love, like online and mobile banking and fee-free access to almost 40,000 Money Pass ATMs. So when you're ready for Perks, Merck is here. Learn more at MyMerkPerks.com, member FDIC. 
elevate your night out at the legendary Roots Chris Steakhouse. Now open at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Start with the finest cuts of USDA prime beef. Pair that with handcrafted cocktails, signature sides, and Roots legendary hospitality, and you've got yourself one incredible night. Roots Chris Steakhouse has arrived. Make a reservation at rootschris.com for your incredible night at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Your getaway reimagined. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. We do have a short segment here, busy hour with all the Tucker conversation. More coming up in just a few minutes, including I'll read the two-page press release from Tucker himself talking about uh, the situation. Remember, if you miss anything, our podcasts are free. Just search The Huge Show where you download podcasts. Big. Bad. Huge. 